Hi, welcome to the Covenant Presbyterian Church podcast, a weekly broadcast of our Sunday sermon. I am Lee Campbell-Taylor, the interim pastor here, and Covenant Presbyterian Church is an open, affirming congregation, and we're so glad you found us. Our primary mission is to equip God's people to serve Christ in the world. In our weekly messages, we hope that you'll find inspiration, encouragement, and even challenge for your faith journey. Please listen with us now. I feel a little bit like Timothy, who got sent by Paul to the churches to bring greetings. Because I was at Mercy Church two days ago, and I bumped into Richard. And he said, send greetings to the church and blessings. And to Kate and to Lee and to everybody, just tell them I love them and I'm praying for you. And I will also say this, that every single name in my sermon has been changed to protect the innocent, except for Richard and Lee and Kate and my wife, Carrie. I'll probably keep her name so you don't think I'm doing anything bad. No one who does powerful acts in my name. No one who does powerful acts in my name. There's power in that name, Jesus. I... Uh, I came by Mercy Church in a curious kind of way. My wife has been doing some work at the Friendship Center, which is an Episcopal church, uh, Holy Comforter, in, down in South Atlanta. And she's been cooking meals for the people who are uh, challenged by, um, have mental challenges and, and poverty. Uh, and there's a day program there where they get to paint and do art, and they uh, gather and have meals together twice a week, and my wife volunteers to cook for them. And my wife is also a freelance writer, so she had a couple of deadlines due. So I got put on icing duty for the cakes, and then I had to deliver them that Thursday morning uh, down to the Friendship Center. And on my way back, uh, I was drawn to Mercy Church. I don't know if y'all know much about Mercy Church. It's for homeless men in Atlanta. It's on Ponce de Leon. And uh, I wouldn't have recognized Richard. He was wearing his mask. I was wearing my mask. That's a place uh, where prayer is real. That's a thin space between heaven and earth. You know, we have so much insulation that protects us from the world around us. We've got resources that we can use to protect us from the world around us. We have filters to maintain our social standings. Uh, we uh, have money when problems arise that we can take care of with some money. Some of us even have attorneys and accountants on standby to help us with all of our problems. But on the streets, uh, there's nothing to insulate you, not even from the cold ground at night or from the rain when it falls. And the prayers that are said there are, are from the heart. I first got involved with Mercy with my friend uh, Lee, name change, because his pastor in Scotland told him to seek out the people of the streets in Atlanta. And so I said, well, let's go to Mercy Church together. And it started a relationship that's been going on for a number of years. We we actually started a ministry at the church. When we first got there, I said, Chad, what can we do for you? And he said, 
well, if you could wash our clothes, it'd be great because then we won't have to keep throwing them out. We can recycle them. And we go through so much clothes because people get them dirty. So if you could do that. So we said, great. So we grabbed eight bags uh, that day. We didn't, we didn't form a committee, okay? Grabbed the eight bags of clothes, they stunk. And we wrapped them up in plastic and we brought them into the sanctuary on Sunday and we plopped them right down there in front of the altar. And we prayed for the people and for this, this ministry that we were gonna launch. And it was two of us that were gonna launch this ministry. And we would take those clothes to the laundromat, which was halfway between Mercy Church and our church, and we'd wash those clothes. And as we put them into the dryer, we would say prayers and read scripture in a small room in the back of the laundromat. Because that's the work of the church. I could get Kiwanis or Rotarians or uh, people from the YMCA or book club to wash dirty laundry. We, don't, we weren't just washing the dirty laundry. But, you know, it wasn't efficient, and we got volunteers who were gifted in efficiency, and soon we had schedules and were very efficient. And as things became more and more scheduled, it became more and more about maintaining the schedule and less and less about praying in that back room and reading scripture. And I'm not judging here, okay? I'm sharing with you stories of my journey of faith. I'm sharing with you my journey. I'm not trying to be judgmental. What I'm trying to do is just point out, to observe how things change, how, you know, my fault for not making it clear that the work that we were doing was praying, that the washing of the clothes was incidental, that the real thing we were doing was praying as the clothes dried. There's power in Jesus' name. Jesus talks about... You know, the Pharisees, he's always getting into it with the Pharisees, you know. The Pharisees are always worried about washing the outside of the cup, keeping those clothes clean. And Jesus says, you know, you're so concerned about the outside of the cup, why don't you worry about what's on in the inside? And that, and that washing it was cleaning the outside of the cup, but those, those prayers were cleaning the inside, cleaning our insides, cleaning, cleaning the, 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 the filth and the grime from within us. Amen? Are you with me on this? It's a hard, it's a hard space for us to go to, that, that space that's a thin line between heaven and earth. That, that place where people don't have filters. My friend Lee, which is not his name, said to me after worship there, he says, oh, I could never pray like that at Memorial Drive Presbyterian Church. What would Mrs. Thurston Howell III think? (laughs) I could never pray for my uncle who got thrown in jail because he got drunk and hit my aunt. What would Mrs. McGillicuddy think of me, that I come from those kinds of people? 
I can't pray like that. I can't, I can't pray like that. But at Mercy Church, I can. Because all the filters are taken away. There's no need to maintain the facade that I've got it all pulled together. That I'm a loving family and that there's nothing wrong. And he tells the story, and I have borne witness to it. I can testify to it. A month later, two months later, somebody will come up to him and say, how's your uncle? I've been praying for him. I've been praying for your aunt. I've been praying for you. I'm like your uncle. I'm like your aunt. I'm like you. Nobody wants to have the marquee out in front say anything other than, come enjoy worship with us at 11. How many of us would show up if, if, if the marquee out front said, come worship with us at 11, we're going to list everybody's sins, starting with the pastors, everything she did this week that was wrong. We got a long list, so it's carried over on the other side. That, that's, that's the prayer that I'm talking about today. James has kind of put this umbrella over worship for me. The, the, my, my, scripture, uh, my scripture conversation, my scripture prayer this week has all been about James. Are any of you happy? Sing song of praise to God. We did that. Glory to God. Y'all, y'all were awesome. The Holy Spirit is working back there. But the ones I want to talk about are, are any of you suffering, you should pray. Are any of you sick, you should call for the elders of the church. Pray over in the name of Jesus and anoint with oil the prayers of the righteous are strong and effective. I saw, um, a while back, I saw Tony Campolo, who's a Baptist evangelical, uh, written a lot of stuff. He's an interesting guy. I, you know, I, I commend you to him. I'm, he's enjoyable. He talked about how every morning he started his day with a a simple prayer, Jesus. 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 For 15 or 20 minutes, he would just go on with this centering prayer to get grounded in his life in Christ. To, to enable himself to see the world through Christ's eyes each day, to, to get centered in Jesus. What a waste of time. That's not productive. He could have been at the office writing a book. 
What a waste of time struggling to figure out how to get the clothes to the laundromat. What a waste of time making sure that the detergent is there and that everybody, that you have enough volunteers. That's the waste of time. Being centered in Christ and doing what Christ calls you to do, it doesn't matter whether there's 100 people or three. Our task is to be centered in Christ and to do what we're called to do. And I think that the earnestness of our prayers, I, I, I don't want us to mistake it for this prayer I came across from the Presbyterian Church USA. <clears throat> Merciful God, when we look at ourselves, we see your image and recognize the family you have formed beyond the limits we create, and it goes on. And on and on, and at the end, I don't even know what they're praying for. And I, there's a place for that. There, are, there is a place for us to give glory to God, to pray with the words that are flowery and evocative. And, and we do a lot of that. But my encouragement, my exhortation, what I feel called to really preach about is that transformational prayer that sticks with us all day long that disrupts our lives and makes us a little bit uncomfortable, like a, like a bad cup of coffee in the morning. You know what I'm talking about? How many of y'all drink coffee? Yeah. You ever get one of those that's really bitter and acidy, and it revisits you all day long, and it just makes your life miserable? That's what I want our prayer to do. I want our prayer to make us uncomfortable all day long. I want it to keep drawing us back to Jesus. To back to where we're called to be in our lives, back to what we're supposed to be focused on, and back to what we're supposed to be doing. I want it to have a saltiness to it. Are you with me on this? At Luke 18, Jesus tells a parable about this Pharisee who goes into church, uh, into the synagogue, and he starts to pray, and he says, uh, he says, oh, I'm so thankful I'm not like the rest of those people. I don't sin. I give uh, a tenth of everything I have to the, ch to the synagogue. I pray three times a day. I'm, I'm from the right family. And he lists off all of his bona fides and qualifications to get into heaven. I thank you, God, that I'm not like that guy over there. A sinner. But the tax collector stood at a distance. And he beat his breast. He said, God, have mercy on me. A sinner. And that man, that man was justified before God.
God, have mercy on me, a sinner. We are not going to unlock God's favor and get everything that we want with the right combination of flowery words and phrases that inspire. Do y'all ever sing that song, Shepherd Me, O God? Shepherd Me, O God, beyond my wants, beyond my fears from, from death into life. That's, that's what our prayer needs to be. That we get shepherded beyond our wants, that we get shepherded beyond our fears, that we get shepherded into the fullness of life that God created for us, that God wants us to flourish. God wants us to be fully actualized, flourishing human beings. But we've got to get centered in Christ. George MacLeod, I don't know if any of you all know who he is. He founded Iona Community in Scotland. He says, I simply argue that the cross be raised again at the center of the marketplace as well as at the steeple of the church. I'm recovering the claim that Jesus was not crucified in a cathedral between two candles but on a cross between two thieves, on a town garbage heap, at the crossroads of a politics so cosmopolitan that they had to write his title in Hebrew, Latin, and Greek. It's that kind of place where the cynics talk smut, and the thieves curse, and the soldiers gamble, because that's where Jesus died. That's what he died about. And that's where Christ's own ought to be. And that's what church people ought to be about. Two thousand refugees from Haiti deported. 8,000 Mexican refugees deported. We've seen images from the border. We have a pandemic that is killing the equivalent of a 9-11 every two days. Our fears are overwhelming. It's like that psalm that we read at the beginning of the worship, the call to worship. You know, if God had not been afforded for us, then, then we would have been overwhelmed. We are overwhelmed. How can we see things the way the psalmist sees things? How can we face the intractable problems of this world? What now? On YouTube, how many of y'all know how to use YouTube? Raise your hands. I'm just checking. How many of you don't know how to use YouTube? Raise your hands. All right. Gotcha. On YouTube, there's a uh, video uh, entitled God on Trial 
uh, and there's a scene that has always stuck with me. It's at the end as the Jews who are at Auschwitz are being taken and uh, murdered. They decide that they're going to hold a rabbinical trial for God, and they hold God accountable to the covenant. And after this trial, as people are being led off to their death, the question is, what now? What now? God God has broken the covenant. God is guilty. What now? What now? Now that God is guilty, what now? And the rabbi says, now, now pray. From time to time, before the mountains were even born, before the earth will become from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. For all the things in this world that are so upsetting, for all the things that are tearing us down, for, for all the struggles we face as individuals. You know, that, that day I needed, I needed prayer. I needed, a, and it, it's a wonderful thing to know that people are praying even when I'm not there for me. Why is, I ran up and jotted down so quickly that y'all had a prayer list. And if I could find the name, Charlotte's on it. So who's going to pray for Charlotte this week? Raise your hand. That, no, who's going to pray for Charlotte this week? Raise your hand. I'm going to pray for Charlotte. And for everybody else on the list, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trust that you'll get to them. That's your task. So what now? Now pray. Jesus. 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 Amen. Thanks for listening to the Covenant Presbyterian Church podcast. I invite you to visit our website, covpresatl.org. That's C-O-V-P-R-E-S-A-T-L.org. There you'll find current worship information, links to our live Sunday morning streaming service, and our full archive of recorded services. You'll also find out more about us and how to get in touch. I wish you well in these strange times. God is with us. Grace and peace to you.